Do you remember when you were a kid and all week there was a big game coming up and the anticipation and everything was building to that moment? Well, these are the four games that met your expectations. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, continuing our Mount Rushmore series. Um, Today we are going to talk about the greatest wins of all time in Ole Miss football history. Now, there's more wins that we can get to, so there's going to be a large difference of opinion on that. If you have one, put it in the comment section below. Let everybody know what's going on. Let everybody know potentially what and why I missed, because I can only give four, and Kara can only give four, and... Um, Derek can only give four. So they're going to talk about their choices. I'm going to talk about mine, but this should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications when new videos are updated. And, of course, upvote the video itself. If we hit 1,000 YouTube subscribers by the beginning of football season, which it looks like we're going to fairly easily make happen, Um, we will be doing post-game live. And that'll be a live show following Ole Miss football games this football season. We'll about a half an hour to talk about what's going on. This over here will be a chat module that you can participate in. Um, If you're interested in what it looks like, as it will potentially look like, look at SEC After Dark that's going to live stream um, at like 8.30 Central on Wednesday. That'll give you an idea of the look it will, the way it will look. So, pretty excited about that. So, post game live. If we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. If you have, tell a friend. We appreciate it very much. Anyway, our Mount Rushmore series continues with the greatest wins of all time, and. The more you think about what's going on and you think about the times Ole Miss has beat the number one team in the country, you think about the time that just big emotional wins have stood over. And there's there's a list of 10, 15 wins that just rolls off your tongue. So getting to these four, there has to be some kind of a specific thing um, dealing with this team and this going on. And I think that we are going to start with the Ole Miss victory over Notre Dame in 1977. Now, I know that most of these are happening whenever um, I was old enough to understand it, old enough to see it. I was about one years old at the time. So um, not many people could have much of a recollection of what goes on about that. And because of that, I think it's important to know this was a national championship winning Notre Dame team. Ole Miss ended up winning, I think, 17 to 13 or something like that. I remember the kicker's name for Ole Miss. Ole Miss's kicker's name in that game was named Hoppy Langley. Um, And Ole Miss played four quarterbacks that day. They came out in red and they played in Jackson because back then, um, to all their folly, they played their big games in Jackson because of the attendance. You could fit more people in there. And so they'd have a, like a 30,000-seat stadium back in Oxford and have this big 60,000-seat behemoth in Jackson. And because of that, 
it's kind of affected the culture a little bit. And But they were able to get that win. And Ole Miss was able to win that game. Joe Montana did not play in that game. Um, he ended up by coming in at the end of the year and becoming the guy. But I think Rusty Lynch, quarterback that day for the Fighting Irish. And if if you hear stories about it, it was it was just a late summer, oppressively hot day. It, everybody that is in Mississippi or in Florida or in the southeast knows exactly what that day feels like to where standing outside at all would be a problem. And because of that, it kind of caused Notre Dame to slow down a little bit. Um, Dan Devine, the coach back then, um, wanted a whole bunch of good stuff to happen. They couldn't dial it up. Went a little bit slow. They turned the ball over. Ole Miss was able to capitalize on it. There's the famous picture of James Story going into the end zone and scoring for Ole Miss. I mean, it was pretty cool. I think Bobby Gardner was in there. And the last person, by the way, this is a little bit of trivia, the last person to ever wear the number 18 um, played in that game as well. So um, a little bit of hint. And then the 70s did not go well for the Rebels. It just didn't. It did not go well for the Rebels. It started 1970 with a Sugar Bowl win, and it was downhill from that. It was a steady slope down. But in there, the moment of the 70s was the upset win over Notre Dame. Now, number two on the list is basically there because I've heard about it and because of the lore about it. The Jackson Massacre, 1968, 38-0. Again, in Jackson. It was a color game. Um, Ole Miss wore navy blue, Tennessee wore orange. We should do that more often. Teams should take advantage of that. Um, But it looked really cool. Um, Before the game, they started talking about Archie Manning and all that to the Tennessee linebacker, Steve Kiner, who, I mean, they were a pretty good team, and Ole Miss was like a four-loss team coming in the next year. I understand why Ole Miss got overlooked, but – he made the comment as something along like somebody said, Ole Miss might have the horses. And he's like, well, they look like a bunch of mules to me. And then he said, Archie who? And that started a firestorm to the point where teams don't get easily motivated, but in that game they did. And our Ole Miss just took them apart. Tennessee was like ranked second or third in the country. They're on their way to the Orange Bowl that year. Ole Miss beat them 38 to nothing. And it probably wasn't quite that close. But that was another game in Jackson. There, there's some big moments that happen in Memorial Stadium down there to the detriment of Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. There's a lot of problems that Vaught-Hemingway has, has now because the big games back then were played in Jackson. It was very short-sighted. And I think that's, that's a problem that people have these days is everything is short-goal-oriented and they don't know about the long-term. If you, if you pay attention to the long-term – you're going to be a highly successful person these days. So take that little bit of free advice. But the Jackson Massacre, Archie Manning, threw some passes, rolled out the famous pass of him rolling out and throwing the touchdown pass in the end zone. Sidearm is from that game. There's a couple of plays that um, even today is shown on highlight videos at Ole Miss. So, And I understand that because I essentially invented the um, highlight video before games at Ole Miss, but the season has taken it to a whole nother level. Congratulations to those guys. Um, but yes, back in um, the day, whenever I was there, me and my wife would make the um, pregame highlight videos and show everybody is, you know, Metallica and all that stuff. It, it was great. Um, but, you know, they took it to the next level, which is kind of what they want to do. But 
they were so far behind, honestly. They were really behind because of the Jackson um, experiment from that. Even I went to games from like 83 to 91 or something like that. And you could just tell that Jackson Veterans Stadium, it was falling apart. And because of that, Oxford was in a bad place as well because there's no sense investing money in it if you were playing your games elsewhere. So thank goodness all those games came back on campus. Um, and Mississippi State deciding to move that game back to Starkville really was the impetus to destroy that relationship. So the stadium is getting some much-needed TLC now because of what happened in the early 90s. So understand that. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from Bilt. I love brownies, but do you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if I could lick a brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes the protein bars to a whole new level. They're available right now on Built.com. So if you tried the puffs yet... I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Pups are chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bars. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Bilt.com and get the brownie batter puffs now. So go to that site. Use promo code LOCKED15, all one word, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen. But for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So, in the first segment, we talked about two of the greatest wins in Ole Miss history, and they was from a while back, 1977, Ole Miss Notre Dame, and the Jackson Massacre from 1969. So now, we move into a little bit more modern times, 2014 Alabama. It's a huge game. I was in the stadium in Vaught-Hemingway that day. Um, having a lot of fun. I know I did not go on the field because um, I think if you go down there, you're kind of taking your life in your own hands and bad, more bad things can happen. I always talk about people being risk averse, but you also need to know your surroundings. So Ole Miss was able to win that game. This was a weird, weird game. And I'll say that again. This is a weird, weird game because if you look at it, in the first half, Ole Miss had no business winning that game. I think it was um, like 14-3 to at halftime or something like that. Um, but if you look at it, the face mask to Itavius Mathers right before halftime allowing Alabama to score a touchdown really to make it 14-3 to and look like they're going to put it away with game day being on campus, Katie Perry 
the whole nine yards going on on that campus. And then the second half happened. Everybody remembers going into that game that we had multiple years of good bow, bad bow. Good bow, bad bow. And it, that wasn't the case because, as you know from our Mount Rushmore, I put Bo Wallace in our Mount Rushmore of Ole Miss quarterbacks, period. Without him, you don't get Robert Kandiche, you don't get um, Laquan Treadwell, you don't get Laramie Tunsil. None of that happens without him. That two-year period, starting with 2014, starting essentially with this game, is because of him. So people with the good bow, bad bow thing, it, it was just silly. Just absolutely weird. But back then, you had a long-haired quarterback making decision, fly by the seat of the pants. Um, guy that just took you there. But Ole Miss was down 14-3. to and all of a sudden it happened. There was a long pass to Evan Ingram. That was kind of our um, introduction, really, to Evan Ingram as a weapon. Laquan Treadwell scores a touchdown to make it 14-10. to Now, everybody knows Alabama's defense was absolutely good. This is before they went through the transformation. It actually was starting this year because Lane Kiffin was the guy that modernized their offense, but they weren't quite there yet. Blake Sims was the quarterback, and yes, he threw for 3,000 yards and I think ran for near 1,000. But that was more of a talent issue than having a great quarterback issue, you know. Um, so you're sitting here, and they drive the ball down, and they hit that pass to Vince Sanders um, to make it like, I think at that point, that made it 17-17 or something like that. Something real close. And all of a sudden, Ole Miss has come all the way back. And there's a metaphor in there somewhere. There's absolutely a metaphor in there somewhere. But what would happen next? Well, the next kickoff um, was the fumble recovered by Kalo Moore that immediately led to that wheel route to Jalen Walton in the end zone. Ole Miss missed the extra point. They're up 23-17. Now, a lot of naysayers and everything going. Anytime something bad happens, they go, oh, here we go again. It's absolutely stupid. It's so defeatist. It's wrong. Um, but they were able to pull it back, and it was intercepted by Sanquez Golson in the end zone. Now, I'm giving you a play-by-play on this one because it's so fresh in my mind, even though it happened eight years ago, being in that stadium. I remember how quiet it was when they ruled his interception incomplete. I remember how loud it gotten whenever they realized they were going to rule in Ole Miss's favor. It was something else. It was truly a special win. And that's another time that Ole Miss has beaten, um, no, I think Ole Miss beat a number one team for the first time since like 1952 Maryland. And I'm not going to put them on the list because I don't know anything about it. If you do, please put it in the comment section below. I'd love to hear about the game. I just know that Maryland was a top dog at that time, and that was kind of um, that Johnny Va Johnny Vault era. That was the equivalent of the Hugh Freeze win against Alabama, the 52 Maryland game. So, now, also I want to talk about the fourth win. 2008, Ole Miss goes down to the Swamp and beats the national champs down there, Tim Tebow, the whole nine yards. They actually get a stop on a fourth and one where Tim Tebow was running the ball, and that was the play. The quarterback power play was the play of that offense. T 
Tim Tebow won a Heisman because of that play. Marcus Temple was able to stop it. Um, Kentrell Lockett blocked the key extra point. Ole Miss ended up winning 31-30. to That blocked extra point was the difference. I remember a two-beater um, run by Shea Hodge that was a perfect pass from Jevin Sneed, um, rest in peace. And that's the one where I was like, hey, this has a chance. They have a chance to get them here. And it was like a 90-yard touchdown. Nobody had a chance of getting Shea Hodge. Mike Wallace couldn't have caught Shea Hodge on that pass because um, Shea Hodge was booking. But it was interesting to see what happened. And that game, even though Ole Miss lost the next game because they had a chance, that was the recovery from the Ed Orgeron era. The everything's going to be all right moment was that moment. And they were able to grow. And by the end of the season, they were the best team in college football. They might have four losses, but they were the best team in college football. Nobody won any piece of that team. 2008 was the year. But they'd already dropped four losses. They lost to Wake Forest. They lost to South Carolina. Um, I don't know if Vanderbilt might have got them that. I don't know. Uh, No, Alabama got them. Um, that year. That was the one where um, if Ole Miss had two minutes left on the clock, they were going to get Alabama that year. Uh, who else did they lose to that year? I don't know. That was also the year that um, you actually felt sorry for your state friends um, because of what happened in that Egg Bowl. It, that was you know, like Tyson Lee and Wesley Carroll and those guys. I just felt absolutely terrible for them. Um, they ended up with like negative 70 yards rushing. It, it, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And it ended up being a 45 to nothing whooping. But that all started, that turnaround started with that 31 to 30 victory over the Florida Gators in Gainesville, over Urban Meyer, over those guys. I mean, that was the height of the Florida Empire. And Ole Miss went down and took them down. There was a stretch where Ole Miss. Um, I think Ole Miss does pretty well against Florida, actually. Um, but it, but the overall, they're like 12 and 12. So in 100 years in the SEC, they played like 25 times. And that's it. That's unacceptable. And something we need to touch on during the offseason whenever we go on and start having shows about scheduling once this league goes to 16. So we'll talk about that as well. Now, honorable mentions on this list. I'm going to put on the 2014 Ole Miss-Mississippi State game. I am going to put on the 1988 Ole Miss-Alabama game where they had zero yards passing. Um, I am going to put the 1970 Sugar Bowl on the list. I'm going to put the 2015 Sugar Bowl on the list. Those are probably the games that stand out the most. And it's just a mechanism to where you can see. There's so many great victories, but those are just the four that immediately come to mind for me. For me, it was 1977 Notre Dame, 1969 Tennessee, 2014 Alabama, and 2008 Florida. Those are the four victories that stand out as the greatest victories in Ole Miss football um, history. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you will need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand 
their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Um, so you can save time and money by ordering yourself with Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So this is what I need you to do. Go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your cars and truck. Now, whenever you order, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. It's amazing selection. It's reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. You can say whatever you want to say. You can talk about how Steve doesn't know what he's talking about or Steve has no business doing this. But just give us a five-star review. That will help other people find the show as well. They might not have your interest, but they might have some interest. So give them a listen. That will make us very happy as well. Now, Let's go to the contributors of the site as they give their greatest wins of modern history. So, for modern wins, uh, once again, I have an A and a B uh, for number one. Well, 1A is the 2014 Bama game. 1B is the 2015 uh, Alabama game. Uh, Actually, uh, fortunate enough to be at the 2014 Alabama game, uh, did not traveled to Tuscaloosa, but watched it with bated breath here at home. My number two is uh, the 97 LSU game. Uh, We had a bunch of kids playing. A lot of them were walk-ons and and a lot of, a lot of kids that, that people remember their names and somehow they went down to Baton Rouge and beat a top 10 LSU team. And uh, that began the transformation uh, past that dang near death penalty probation we got. Uh, Number three for me is the 2016 Sugar Bowl. I had always told somebody, hey, I just want to see Ole Miss win a Sugar Bowl again in my lifetime. I was uh, four when we won the Sugar Bowl against Arkansas when Archie was quarterback. And uh, I was able to see us win one. Uh, I I do believe that if Matt wouldn't have got hurt, we would have probably won another one this year. So, and and four is special for me just because of who played in the game. I grew up in Corinth, Mississippi, and I grew up playing ball at the YMCA like everybody else did. One of the kids I played ball with was a guy named John Darnell. John's a good guy. He really is. He's a good guy. Always been a good guy since we were kids. And uh, he was uh, a quarterback in that 1988 game at Alabama when we beat Alabama. So those are are my four modern wins. And thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Hotty toddy. All right. Now with the – Favorite modern wins of, of, of this era, right? Uh, obviously, you're going to go back to the Sugar Bowl. Anybody that's been an Ole Miss fan and has grown up an Ole Miss fan, parents Ole Miss fans, you probably heard the exact same thing I heard the whole time growing up. And that was, man, you know, if we ever get back to the Sugar 
Sugar Bowl. You know, that, that's when you know you've arrived. If you can get back to New Orleans, get to the Sugar Bowl. And uh, there for a while, I didn't think I was ever going to get to experience that. And, you know, through the Orgeron days, you know, Nut kind of gave us, you know, a, a, a little bit of excitement there the first couple of years, you know. But then Hugh Freeze comes in, he brings in all these big recruits. And you're thinking, okay, may, maybe this is finally it. You know, maybe he can finally get us there. And then so, you know, my, my all-time favorite is definitely the Sugar Bowl, getting to go to the Sugar Bowl, experience that with my dad and my brother, you know. It's my absolute favorite old Miss memory of all time. Uh, and then, you know, you can take either of the two Alabama wins, right? You know, uh, my, my favorite one would obviously be the one in Oxford because I was actually there for that one. You know, when uh, you saw uh, Jalen Walton break out the wheel route right down there at the goal line and, and you could see it just as soon as you snapped the ball when he started making that wheel, you thought, man, if he gets past that linebacker, he's wide open. And uh, both hitting perfectly with it uh, and – then the Sinquez goal interception to end it. You know, we're, we weren't able to see the replays like everybody else was on TV. We were having to use the Jumbotron, right? You know, so we're sitting there. It's like, nah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got that foot inbound. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's an interception. And uh, the way that place erupted after, after they had made that call and confirmed it being interception, that was the loudest I'd ever heard Vault Hemingway Stadium. Uh, it was easily my favorite memory of Vault Hemingway Stadium and favorite game that I've seen there. And then you go on to Tuscaloosa the next year with Chad Kelly and the tip six, you know, really it wasn't all that close of a game. You know, we're beating the fire out of them for three quarters of it, you know, and then when Alabama fans start filing out, you know, start the fourth quarter, you know, you, you really love seeing that. They did make a little bit of a run, but uh, we were able to hold them off and, and that was a lot of fun. There you have it. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Strayman, um, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give an in-depth look at the biggest prospects and the latest player rankings. And of course, big boards. Follow the Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, thank you very much. Tomorrow... Derek Vandy Griff's going to stop by and talk a little bit about Ole Miss baseball, and we'll have kind of a normal show. So thank you very much. See you tomorrow. Peace.